0: From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Mina Kim. Coming up on Forum, San Francisco, one of the first cities in the U.S. to declare a state of emergency two years ago in the face of a novel virus, says it's changing its thinking on COVID. The goal is no longer to stop infections, but to prevent severe illness and death. We look at how San Francisco's move could inform state policy. Then Liz Wiles, New York Times Magazine story, This is Not the California I Married, Take stock of how the constant threat of wildfires has affected her relationship with the Golden State, while demanding courage to face the reality before her. We'll talk with Weil about what she's learned through the process. That's all next on Forum. Join us. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. The city that led the state and nation in COVID caution is shifting its focus. San Francisco public health officials say their goal is no longer to stop infections, but to prevent severe illness, hospitalization and death. So for more on what that means, we're joined now by Dr. Navina Baba, Deputy Director of the San Francisco Department of Public Health. Dr. Baba, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: And I should let listeners know if you have thoughts or questions about San Francisco's shift in focus, you can always post them at KQED Forum on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. So Doctor Baba, what does this new goal of preventing severe illness and death rather than stopping transmission or infection? What does that mean exactly? What are you doing differently?
1: Well, I think one of the things is really um, with this last surge, what we saw with Omicron is that especially if um, people were up to date in their COVID vaccinations, Omicron really caused a mild illness. Um, And so people didn't end up in the hospitals or die from it in general.
0: You mean among Uh, those who were highly vaccinated or boosted? Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, um, and given that San Francisco and the Bay Area in general have um, a highly vaccinated population, um, the goal has always been in this pandemic to prevent the worst outcomes from COVID. And we didn't always have the tools in our toolbox to do that. But now we're in a different stage where um, not only do we have vaccines and boosters, but there are treatments available. Um, And then the the ongoing interventions that we have, like masking, um, like ventilation and testing, um, have all kind of um, led us to this point where we are really looking at what does it make sense to do moving forward in terms of pandemic control. And, and the goal is to prevent the worst outcomes. So um, we know that vaccinations work, we know that treatments are available. And when all of those things are in place, um, we should be able to do, to have that pre- prevention and keep our hospitals open for any other acute health care needs that come their way.
0: Mayor London Breed announced last week that COVID in San Francisco had peaked and was on a downward trend. Does that assessment still hold? And is that also what is contributing to your decision or the department's change in policies?
1: Yes, cases have peaked, and they are on a downward trend. Um, it does appear that hospitalizations, which it, it's a lagging indicator, those do appear like they're plateauing and should hopefully start to decrease as well. And part of this is um, based on the infections that we saw through this last surge. Again, the high infection rate, but the relative Um, mild nature of the disease through most of the population has led to this shift um, in that we really do want to focus on the worst outcomes of COVID moving forward. Um, But also, you know, we know that we all have to have a strategy to look at the populations that have been most impacted by COVID. So really with that equity focus in mind as well.
0: So, what is the timeline on requiring things that that vac- that San Francisco requires, including vaccination, proof of vaccination at restaurants or gyms and indoor masking and so on? Those are on the way out, right?
1: Well, part of that is that um, some of this is dictated by the state um, and the state has an indoor masking guideline that we're adhering to. Um, I think, you know, we will have to see um, how the Omicron variant how case rates go and hospitalizations go to make more definitive analysis and um, decisions on that um, and we're watching that very closely um, so once those once case rates and hospitalizations you know get to a more normal range they're still all very high um, all of those policies will be looked at
0: what about the, your testing or isolation requirements
1: so the the isolation and um, Isolation and quarantine requirements are following state guidelines, which basically is if you're a case and you test positive, if on day five, you do another test and you're negative, you can exit um, isolation.
0: So you are basically, Angela's asking, we have an immunocompromised person in our family. She's triple vaccinated. What do we do now? Should our behavior change? You're basically saying that. Overall, you feel like the population in San Francisco is vaccinated enough that, say, the immunocompromised and even the littles under five are not as big a concern for you?
1: I think um, this is a more nuanced question, um, specifically um, for different populations, how to maneuver um, COVID moving forward. And I do think that the protections that are in place, such as masking, distancing, especially as case rates are high, um, potentially limiting exposure um, and large gatherings might be something that individuals have to look at. Um, There's a lot more individual risk-benefit ratio here as opposed to population. Um, For the under five, the hope is that vaccinations will get approved um, maybe in the springtime we're hearing. But in the meantime, the best way of protecting those that aren't aren't unable to get vaccinated um, is through everybody around them being vaccinated um, and, and being fully boosted as well.
0: We're talking with Dr. Navina Baba, Deputy Director of the San Francisco Department of Public Health. About the city's shifting approach to COVID, many know San Francisco as one of the first cities to declare a state of emergency two years ago, um, and also as has been described as a poster child of COVID caution. You, you, our listeners, are sharing your thoughts and questions about San Francisco's shift and what it could pe- potentially mean for your own city, and you can do so by posting them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at KQED Forum. A listener writes on Instagram, Dr. Baba, I hope the city is flexible to pivot for another highly transmissible variant. And it's an interesting point because one of the things, for example, that the head of the WHO was saying was that it's dangerous to assume that Omicron will be the last variant or that we are in an endgame at this point. Can you talk a little bit about where you see the Omicron variant in terms of driving the virus towards endemicity, and whether you feel like San Francisco is in the end game of this pandemic.
1: I think one thing we've learned throughout the pandemic, it's it's very hard to predict, and I, I don't think um, I will predict, but what I will say is this is just one more data point in this pandemic, um, and what we saw with this last surge is that, again, Omicron by nature caused milder illness. Um, if people were boosted, they tended to be, um, they had a lot of protection of getting hospitalized, Um, and from dying from COVID, um, that does not negate the fact that the virus has mutated, it has changed with time. And um, part of the public health strategy here is always to be flexible um, to, you know, an unpredictable future. So as we prepare for the future, um, there is this balance between, you know, how do we ensure that we're nimble and that we can basically respond to the next issue that COVID brings our way, but also ensuring that all the other health and public health needs are being met in the population. Um, And that continues to be a balance that we look at carefully.
0: And do you have any specifics for how you will approach the next variant? Because there's such a period of unknown around the impact of a new variant.
1: Yeah, I think part of um, the issues with, um, as variants come, you know, to the forefront is they're all very different, right? And one of the things with Omicron, um, as opposed to Delta, was that Omicron, you know, went through a population very quickly and caused a lot of cases, but again, didn't cause the severity that we saw with Delta. And so I think um, from the public health perspective, we still have to be able to respond to that that continuum where, um, you know, the infection um, or the virus may cause a lot more infections but milder illness where it, or it might cause more severe illness, but it doesn't spread as easily um, and, um, and anything in between. So that's part of public health planning is ensuring that we are ready for those different scenarios.
0: How widely applicable do you think San Francisco's approach is to the rest of California or is it really based on the fact that San Francisco has such high vaccination rates and not something that you would recommend more broadly?
1: I do think our approach um, in San Francisco is really based on the fact that uptake of vaccine and booster has been very good. Um, we still have a while to go with our booster. Um, I believe our booster rates are around 62%. And of course, we want to see that higher. Um, but this doesn't necessarily mean that um, places that have much lower vaccine rates. Um, should go this route um, because, again, they remain much more susceptible potentially that, to the next variant, as well as um, Omicron. Um, we do see hospitalizations hired unvaccinated individuals. Um, and then I think to the point the caller made previously, um, globally, we do also know that there's a large number of people that still have to be vaccinated. So um, what I am basing and what San Francisco is basing this on is really the local context of the disease.
0: So there is a lot of talk of covid fatigue and you you talk about doing away with some of the requirements um with regard to uh with regard to proof of vaccination with regard there's already been changes to isolating and testing requirements there are also going to be changes to to masking requirements But you're also talking about recognizing that we are all familiar with these different layers of protection and that they can be brought back as needed. Do you feel confident that a population that has gone through years of this will be willing to do those steps again and take them up with the same sort of efficiency and willingness that it has in the past?
1: I think one of the things um, that I've been very grateful for is the fact that San Franciscans um, do really respond to the data and the science um, and um, our communication around public health messaging and why we're doing what we're doing. And I think if we at least remain transparent and we provide explanations as to the reasoning of why we might be re- reinstituting or why we are taking away something um, That seems to still continue to resonate with the population. Um, Clearly, we always want to be, you know, um, as again, as transparent and as forthcoming as we can be. And I do think um, people in San Francisco understand that the science of COVID is changing and has continued to change and um, they are adapting to those changes. Um, but most of it is we're not doing this arbitrarily, right? We are, are, again, following the science and the data, and I think most people are seeing the reasons behind that.
0: Well, in our last 30 seconds, what is the biggest difference that people, that residents will notice on the ground as a result of your shift in focus?
1: I do think um, most of it, again, will be a a focus, a continued focus on vaccine and boosters um, and really ensuring that... um, you know, that we, um, and from a public health perspective, make sure that our essential services, um, our economy stays open while also balancing the risks of COVID.
0: Dr. Navina Baba, Deputy Director of the San Francisco Department of Public Health, thanks so much for coming on today. Appreciate it. You're welcome. We'll have more Forum after the break. Stay with us. I'm Mina Kim.